0: Hey, folks, Steve Lewis here. Welcome to Relevance for today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, this TV show on Kingdom Community TV as well as Facebook and everywhere else. Special guest on the show. We've got Ronnie, Ronnie Bossy. Did I say that right? That's it, man Come yes. Morning. So Ronnie's on the show. He's down here in the studio with me today because he's just going to talk to us about his life, share his testimony. Mm. You folks have heard enough about Steve Lewis over the last two hundred summit episodes. So Ronnie, Welcome to the show man
1: yeah I appreciate you having me thank you thank you so much yep um man this is always a I've done this I've done this probably literally hundreds of times and it's always a little bit of a process for me getting, uh-huh. getting started um, and then once I go it just kind of it just kind of rolls but um yeah I just wanted to kind of come on and tell a little bit about my story mm-hmm. um, it's a bit of a It's a bit of a lengthy one. There's a lot of different experiences in there, of course, uh, with anybody. Um, There's some gnarly things in there, so forgive (laughs) me ahead of time. And then there's a whole lot of grace, and there's a whole lot of uh, amazing stories in there, how I've been pulled from certain situations. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the the opportunities and the gifts that I've been given. Um, Once I basically made the decision to... Stop living life on my own, Mm. under my own terms, and um, start becoming willing to um, let God love me and guide me. Amen. So, yeah, there's no place to start Mm. other than the beginning. So, I, you know, I was born in uh, Connecticut. I moved to Maine really early. I moved to Maine when I was two. Oh, wow. So, the, my my entire life, uh, more or less, has been here in Maine. Mm-hmm. It's been in Southern Maine uh, in the Portland area. I live up in Northern Maine now. Um, I have uh, two sisters, uh, a mother, and a father. So when I when I came up as a kid, uh, we lived in a little trailer, a little 1975 New Yorker trailer that was oh, wow. <laughs> that was still on wheels. Yeah, it was a pea, pea green and white. <laughs> everything in that trailer was the same color wow <clears throat> dark old school yeah dark wood paneling uh pea green fridge pea green stove and that was the tiniest trailer for five people to wow. be to be living in mm. um my you know my father was the one that worked my mother didn't didn't work um so you know and it was it was it was the 70s you know I was born in 1972 mm-hmm. um so we didn't have a ton. Uh, we had what we needed. Um, as I go on a bit with my story, you'll see how uh, that sort of shifted a bit. Um, you know, my uh, my father had a pretty good job that he worked at for a long, long time, and that's really the the one that I remember him having uh, for his uh, working career. Um, and he basically, you know, he provided for us. Mm-hmm. Um, He was an alcoholic. He was he was all the way. Mm. Um, He 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 was all the way in it. Uh, He drank alcoholically for forty three years, and for a number of different ways, you know, we kind of we absorbed a lot of that kind of behavior. Mm. Um, It was me and two uh, sisters that I have, one younger and one older. Mm And you know, a big part of absorbing that behavior was, uh, you know, a lot of I I thought about before coming on. What am I going to say? What am I going to add? What am I going to leave out? Some things are going to be really touchy. Some mm-hmm. things are not. You know, how specific do I need to be? Um, sometimes I don't need to be that specific in order to for have people you know identify. Um, and other times it's kind of necessary, you know. It just depends on on how this goes. And I also think about, too, living in a little small town where I'm at. Well, once I tell my story, everybody is going to know it. But I'm like, is that really the point of uh, telling it? Right. And um, it's not. The point of telling this is, you know, as there's a, there's a saying, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Yes. And that's really what I want to, uh, you know, kind of that's really how i want to lay this all out so um what it was like is it was a crazy crazy home i mean you literally could have made a movie about um how i was raised Mm. um there was a lot of abuse in every every way Mm. for years starting from that i can remember starting from four to um 14, I believe. Mm-hmm. Somewhere right around there. Mm. <clears throat> um for me specifically, it was seven different people. So that's a lot as a kid to absorb. Right. So there's a lot of um hurt. Yeah, there's a lot of hurt, but there's also a lot of like kind of protective measures that I took. Mm-hmm. I thought were protective measures to kind of keep myself safe. None of none of them worked, but right. you know, in in my mind, you know, I used to do things when I was a little kid. You know, we were. This is a part that is a little specific that I think it's in kind of kind of important to paint a picture. We were. Um, there was a hallway, like in most most trailers. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mom and dad lived in the living room on this little makeshift pullout bed. And uh, it was ghetto, man. And I was the first room down the hall on the left. Mm. And then my sisters shared a bedroom at the end of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I used to hear my dad coming down the hall to go to the bathroom, to to the bathroom at night, I'm like, please don't come in this room. Right. And I used to do things that I thought would protect myself. I'd have my my bedroom door open just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'd have my blanket over my face, over my head, but so that I could still see. Mm -hmm. Because it was important for me to be able to see because I thought in some way I was going to, you know, defend myself. Yeah. And I never, I I never could.
0: Mm.
1: So that went on for years. Right. And, you know, I have, (laughs) I'll come back to this, but. Fast forward a bit. I have twin twin boys now. Mm-hmm. Uh they are thirteen uh oh my goodness and, and amazing. They're growing. Um Jeez. but I was the yeah, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> I was the stay-at-home parent for the first 10 years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember just about every time I got them on the changing table, I'd be thinking about all you know, all that. And I'd yeah. be looking at them and I'm like, you know what? Well, I think most of us kind of get it why people do certain things mm. in our minds you know but to really get them on a on a gut level why people do that yeah. i don't i don't really get it yeah <clears throat> and i'd be looking at them and you know the changing table for me was was one of the saddest times and it was one of the happiest times mm. cuz it was one of the happiest times cuz i had a you know a Yeah. Yeah, and I had yeah. a captive audience with them, mm-hmm. so I could make you know make them laugh. Yeah, um, I could have some fun. I could do this right. Yeah, basically, you know, I could I could do right. this right, and it was also sad because every time I changed them, I, w- I would think about that. Yeah, and I can remember, you know, even though thankfully, and I don't know how, but even though thankfully, I don't I don't deal with any kind of that, you know, sickness. I guess you you uh, you could call it. I'd still be praying to God. I'd be like. You know, don't let me be like that. Yeah, don't let me put that on them. Yeah, you know, and I never ever did. Yeah, um, and I saw, I saw how special what I had. Yeah. What you know, what was in in front of me. Yeah. Um, as I go out, go throughout my story, you know, gratitude will be a big, big theme. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, I I can just remember. Being a kid, memory after memory after memory of fear. Mm. And you know, and uh, and it just went on and on and on. And there was, you know, different counseling sessions that we used to go to. And after we were done the counseling session, you know, I vividly remember I don't even remember exactly I have a pretty vivid memory still. Mm-hmm. I remember exactly where I was and my dad left that session, and all of us kids are in the in the backseat. Mm. And he actually thanked us for not saying anything. <laughs> wow. And it's like, man, that's heavy. Yeah. To put on a kid. And he took us out for, you know, ice cream after. Yeah. You know, I've since made amends with, with, with my dad and um, forgave powerful. him. And, and I will get, get to that yeah. most, most certainly.
0: But that is good to hear.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent, man. Yeah. It's, it's God. Yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, living like that, I mean, it's hard to hide that stuff when you're a kid, mm. especially in school mm-hmm. and with your friends. Um, you know, I, I have come to understand when people say, you know, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin and I'm not sure why.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't feel like other people and I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. I've come to understand that. <clears throat> and a lot of things that have happened to me, you know, All just all sorts of stuff. Um, I, you know, you form kind of protective behaviors Mm. or some pretty, pretty bad behaviors from all of that, too. So there was a period of, um, I'm just going to estimate and say 15 plus years where it was, it was just dark, Mm. you know, and I, um, I didn't I didn't think at the time that God and I had met yet
2: <laughs> <laughs> surprise no, yeah mm-hmm. I didn't
1: think that um I really knew anything I he knew anything about me mm-hmm. I was brought up in the church which is even more disturbing as a kid because yeah. I believe when you're an adult and that sort of stuff happens to you you can go either either way with it yeah um and I just I just ran I ran as far away from God and faith as I could. Mm. Um, it's the same story for everybody, you know. Why yeah. would a, why would a God you know allow this? And I've come to learn, um, it's not like that at all. Um, so, you know, fast forward, uh, DHS stepped on the on the scene, mm. and uh, we all one by one started dispersing. Oh wow! One of my sisters wanted to live somewhere else. Mm. Um, another one of my sisters went to live somewhere else. Um, I got pulled out of the home. Um, again, here's where the vivid memory comes in for a year and two days, you know, September 10th, um, 1987 to my birthday, September 12th, 1989. So... All this time, I didn't know it, but, um, you know, I choose to believe today God knows my entire life, Mm -hmm. you know, past, present, and future, and knows exactly when it's going to be time for me to, you know, be with Him again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't know He was setting something up for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why. I had to go through all that, you know, and there was, there was much more than that. I mean, that's, that's enough. (laughs) Right. You know, that's, that's, that's really enough. But there was a lot of physical abuse. Um, There was a lot of, um, you know, running away from home. Um, There was a lot of looking in places that I really shouldn't have been looking
2: Mm
1: -hmm. to try to find a little bit of safety. You know, for me, it's no surprise, you know, Drugs and booze were a huge part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that one, I'll kind of leave it as you can probably guess where that path went. <laughs> it just went to some dark, dark places. Right. Um, you know, emotionally dark, spiritually dark, and physically dark, mm-hmm. dark, dark too. Um, I used to spend a lot of my time awake um, at night. <laughs> so you know homelessness was a big part of my story that was Mm. a three-year span
0: oh wow that
1: was a three-year span and it was and i was too embarrassed to go to a shelter i didn't have a clue you know i was i was a kid Mm -hmm. and uh so i'd i'd either stay on people's couches or i'd stay i'd stay i'd you know i'd stay in the woods Mm. um or when i was old enough to drive i'd stay in the vehicle that i had in the in the woods
0: wow how old were you during that time?
1: Uh, that time I was 17, 18, and nineteen, I believe. Oh, okay. Right around there. Wow. Yeah, I was old enough to go on drive. Okay. And then there was an there was some other stints after that where I had kind of spots of being you know not having a place to live.
0: Hmm.
1: It was actually a number of little spots, but but the three year period, um, you know, when I had a place t- to go, that, that's a thing I probably could have stayed at. You know, my mom's. I could have stayed at my sister's. I could have stayed at a shelter. But doing that would have interrupted what I was doing.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it's like that would have gotten in the way of me kind of chemically staying numb. Gotcha. Because I couldn't deal with, with what was in in my head. Yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. Um, so I looked to all these different crowds. You know, I, I would... I would hang around my dealer's house more than I would hang around mm-hmm. anybody else's house. I always joke, and it's not a joke, but I always kind of say at at the end of my uh substance abuse time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the only people that I were really seeing was, you know, a gas attendant and maybe like a subway sandwich clerk or something, you know. Right. That's it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to see see anybody. They would either try to talk me out of what I was doing mm-hmm. or they were just as bad as me, Brian. Um, I just didn't didn't want that anymore. And it's funny, you know, when I was a kid, I think uh, sixteen years old, I went to my first like AA meeting or NA meeting. I don't even remember now. Uh, it was nineteen eighty eight, and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted. And mm. um, I I kind of vaguely remember, you know, because you can in those meetings you can, um, you know, I should really say a meeting of, uh, uh, recovery, you know, uh, it's in the traditions not to be that specific, that specific about it, but Mm -hmm. so I can remember saying things like, you know, I, I wish I wasn't alive Mm. and I didn't really know why I was saying that. I look back on it and it was really to get, you know, you know, um, you know, attention. And oh, I didn't sure. know what kind of attention I wanted. I just figured that, well, this crowd is a lot healthier than the crowds that I mm. have been, you know, hanging around. Because for a period of about six years, I hung around people that rode rode, rode bikes. You know, I got my uh, uh, motorcycle license and I started hanging around with people that rode. Okay. Well, the crowd that I started hanging around was a little more and a little more, you know, unsavory. Mm. That's a kind of I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it I'll that. So I went to a lot of different parties, a lot of different events, right? A lot of different gatherings, you know, and mm-hmm. um, they were just crazy. Um, and even in even in those crowds, I was like, man, I don't I don't belong here. Mm. There was no crowd that I felt like I I belonged. Right. And it was it was really strange and it was uh, frustrating. So I'm like, I just want to find. A crowd i want to find my people you know mm. and i just wasn't wasn't finding it and i remember this one of my homeless stints i remember where i was where i was standing the direction that i was that i was facing i remember what that crazy lady was wearing and there's this <laughs> lady who i thought was just nuts you know at, at the time some mm-hmm. kind of drifter lady Yep. and all i remember about that the only thing is she she looked at me and I didn't think too much at the time because I thought that she was, that she was nuts. Mm. And she looked at me and she's like, she's like, you're not meant to be here wow. much, much longer. And you're going to do some amazing things. Wow.
0: And I'm like, she does not know me. Yeah. That's awesome. Because
1: I have done nothing amazing, you know, yeah. at, at that time. Right. And I've come to later learn she's 100% right. mm so I started having these uh, these weird dreams about seeing myself in in these different places that mm-hmm. were that were good, right? And I'm like, and I didn't make much of it. I'm like, that's that's just not that's not my path. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that I would be in a good good place. And then, um, you know, here's something to pay attention to: desperation tends to promote change.
0: Oh, that's good
1: typically not much else. Right. You know, if something doesn't hurt bad enough, we tend not to change. You mm-hmm. know, when I'm a strength and uh, conditioning coach today and I uh-huh. I, I, uh, I tend not to talk to people about food on purpose because it's such a personal thing. Yeah. So while this, you know, and I did take this from some somebody else, this isn't my own saying, but while this isn't entirely true, the spirit of it is, you know, when somebody's like, well, you know, what's the best diet? I'm like, the one you'll actually do.
0: <laughs> that's good. It's like come
1: on man, you know the yeah, one you'll actually that's do. Cuz you know consistency. So if I yeah. if I read my bible once, if I go to church church once, I'm not going to gain too much, you know, understanding. Right. Which will turn into action. Yeah. Which will turn into right living how I understand that. Yeah. So there needs to be consistency so um so again, you know, I'm like, there's no reason why I should have a good, a good life. But anyway, uh, desperation sits in, mm. I got to the point where not the external stuff got me to change, but I couldn't, I couldn't deal with, uh, what was going on in my own mind anymore. Mm. I couldn't shut it, shut it off. I just couldn't, couldn't, uh, uh stop it. And that's the thing that really got me scared. And that's the thing that got me to, um, look someplace different Mm -hmm. and, and look, man, I would not have looked to God if somebody hadn't come from God into my life to get my attention. So there was this one lady, um, and I got to say, say her name, man, Marta Pearson. Mm -hmm. Look her up.
0: Shout out to Marta Marta, Pearson. Marta Pearson. She was,
1: yeah, Marta. She lives in uh, Florida now. She's mm-hmm. l- lived in Maine when I when I knew her. But she was a counselor, and somebody recommended my foster family. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, she recommended, or they recommended that I go to a counselor. And I mm-hmm. want to say I kind of, sort of had to um, because I was in you know foster care, and that was sort of a part of it. So I went to see her, and for that, for weeks like literally weeks man i didn't say i didn't say a word and this was in a group setting and she was kind of a trendsetter at you know at the time this was 1989 Mm -hmm. i think maybe maybe 88 um she had this group setting and she was so kind of revolutionary i guess if you would yeah about how she counseled she was on the sally jesse raphael show like she like she she was on all these shows she was on all these shows man and I didn't know any of that, you know, at at the time. I just thought she was intense. Mm. So one of the most important things I remember about her is she was patient. And I want to say there was like five of us. And she was patient, man. I saw her for about a year. And the biggest thing that I remember from her, other than her patience and her just, she's this woman just... Love poured out of this lady, mm. um, and she had the number one biggest impact on me. Um, originally, you know, at that time, to go to God. Wow. I had no idea what that even meant. She had the number <laughs> That's one. Good. Yeah. That's good. This this woman, man, she is amazing. Mm. Um, and I hope I I've prayed about this. I I hope I get to see that lady again before i die and just say thank you
0: okay you will
1: thank you i just saw all that's all, that's all i want to do i just yeah. want to see your face to face and i want to say thank you so nice. she looked at me something like six eight six eight times wow and she's like it is not your fault wow and i'm like man that stung like that was uncomfortable to hear i'm a 16 year old kid 17 mm. maybe and she's like all this stuff and she started naming specific stuff she's like this is not your fault this is not your wow, you so know, your sure. fault
0: prophetic gift. and
1: it, it, it and it was heavy and i'm like i'm <laughs> thinking to myself man i'm like you need to stop <laughs> cuz it was it was on it was uncomfortable and i wasn't yeah. deal i wasn't used to dealing with uncomfortable feelings mm-hmm. and not immediately trying to numb them right but clearly like i've never uh forgotten that and Beautiful. And she said some other things to me, you know, she's like, you're, what'd she say, man? She said, you're, I'm going to be, you know, botching it a bit, but what you want will come from what you haven't sought yet. Oh, nice. And I'm like, wow. Ugh. So she, she was big on putting responsibility back on us. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, what are, what are you going to do? What are you going to make, make happen? And I, and I love the saying, I say this all the time. I love the saying, if you want what we have, do what we do.
2: Mm.
1: Nice. That's it. There's no other excuse. There's no other where, there's nowhere else to go with that. It's, It's on me. And if I don't make something happen, I don't really want it that, that, you know, that bad. Yeah. Or there's too much fear or I'm not willing. I'm, I'm just not willing. Yeah. I get there's some really, really legitimate sticking points for people, and I've had a number of them. I completely get it. Yeah. However, if I want something bad enough, good mm. or bad, I'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah. You know, my uh, dear friend, you know, Ryan Badman's mom says, we make we happen, make happen what, we what we want to make, make, happen. make happen. It's like, come on, I was on, just come thinking on, about man. Pastor Claudette. It's like, come on. Yes. Thank you.
0: People make it's happen true. what they want to make it's happen.
1: It's true. It's 100% true, man. Yes. So... Um, you will find what you want, where you haven't sought yet. Yeah. And I'm like, all all right. So I had, desperation promotes change, right? Yeah. So it was at that point that I'm like, I wanted to start looking for for something different, but I had no reason to be confident to start doing that. Mm -hmm. So he put her, you know, God God put put her her in my life, then he put somebody else in my life. Then he put somebody, you know, That's somebody awesome. else. Yep. And I heard I, my foster father one time said when a group of people asked him where I had been, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know. And he's, and I want to write a book and I want to, I want to title it this. And all he said to that person, he's like, he's still discovering. Nice. And I want to title it that. Yeah. Because look, I mean, that can be good or bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So...
0: No, that's good, and you know, that's a perfect place for us to stop this Mm -hmm. first episode Mm -hmm. of this two-part session with Ronnie Bossy. Uh, That's powerful, man, Mm. and I'd hate to make you folks wait for the next episode to come out, or maybe you can binge watch them if they're both out already, but Ron, you just shared a mouthful, man. That's good Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Powerful, and the testimony, how you've taken us from the darkest days Mm -hmm. to Christ, Mm -hmm. and just the tip. We're just starting Mm -hmm. to come out of the water now, Mm -hmm. climbing the iceberg. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of that. And I know you all as well. Um, Ron, I'm going to have you go ahead and pray. Mm. We'll close this first Mm. episode of sitting down with you because you've got a story to tell and a book to write. Mm. So, Mm. uh, yeah, if you mind go ahead and praying for the folks out there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you, God, for bringing us in your kingdom forever. Yes. This is a... this is a temporary place. I mean, look, I believe we can either believe the promises that you give us or we don't. And if we believe, mm. we should live as though we believe. There should yes. be evidence of our belief mm-hmm. for you in our lives. There mm-hmm. should be evidence of it. Thank you so much for using all of that yeah. that I went through for good. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm grateful for mm-hmm. that. Thank you so much that it's that it's going to reach so many people. Yes. Thank you for that, and I just want to bless Steve and his and his ministry that he's mm-hmm. doing to keep on keeping on. You know, yes. in your beautiful name, Amen.
0: Amen. So hey, there you have it, folks. Part one ending on you guys mid conversation, but you know what? There's more to come. Make sure you watch the second episode, Ron. Appreciate your brother. Yes, sir. And uh, hey, make sure you share this with friends and family and even a stranger. Thanks for tuning in. Get subscribing, folks. Hey, God bless. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.